Hello and welcome to The Donfather, a family podcast about a resurgent football club. And tonight, Nicky, it's just you and I, the two Nicks in the nick of time. We went up to Gabba, we nicked a win. Uh, we might nick a finals berth. I can't really think of any more Nick puns. Welcome. Yeah, I think I think you've pretty much uh, pretty much got every pun done. I guess at the end we're probably going to nick off. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. It's yeah. Stamp it in nickel. If I had a nickel for every time you said Nick, I'd be a rich man. You would be a rich man. You would be. Uh, we have finally done it. We've been up to the Gabba. The Gabatoire, the fortress. I don't know, you won't remember this because you were a little baby, but uh, there was a time in the early 2000s, 2001, 2002, 2003, when you would see that trip to the Gabba and you would know that you were losing. That is no more. Yeah, it's a pretty good feeling, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was, it's can... nice. It was nice to sneak away with a win. Um, and it was good for us because we actually got to watch it in the cold light of not live, having known the score, because we were quite busy. And another member of the Donfather clan was turning 21. Um, and happy birthday, Amy. I'm sure she doesn't listen to the podcast. Uh, and so we were out and about uh, at her 21st before, while this game was going on. And it got tense right around the time that the cake was being cut, wasn't it, Nikki? Yeah. Well, we called it. Uh, I think we all started watching it, and Laura was like, uh, "You watch. They're going to cut the cake right when uh, it's going to get juicy." And there was about four or five minutes left. We were up by a goal, and uh, bang! Time to cut the time to cut the wog cake. The wog cake. Oh, so disappointing. The wog cake. Your favorite. Your favorite type of cake. Oh, the worst kind of cake ever. I don't reckon Massimo D'Ambrosio really likes a wog cake either. He strikes me as a, a chocolate mud cake kind of guy. I don't think he'd like the wog cake. Yeah, I don't think he would either. I, I don't really know any any wog of a, the younger generation that actually likes wog cake. Well, funnily enough, Amy does. That's why she wanted it for her birthday. I, yeah, mate. A different breed. There's yeah, something wrong with her. They breed them different in Warrigal. Yeah, they do. It's country people. Mm. So, as it happens, very tense... And then we managed to see Guelphie get that free kick with less than 30 seconds to go. And then we could enjoy the dessert with gusto. Indeed. Great decision. But great umpiring as well. Umpires are on our side this week. How good was that? You know what? We should... Uh, we'll save that for the likes and dislikes. But it was the... Uh, I have to say, definitely the first one this year uh, where the umpiring standard, poor as it always is, was actually poor in our favour for a large part of that game. Yep. Um, Can't so that, complain. that was quite enjoyable. But we'll get to that a little bit later on. Um, as promised in our little Donfather group chat, Nicky Noodle, we have a new segment. Beautiful. We, you haven't revealed the segment either. So I'm revealing like it for the first time it. live on air. Um, and this segment is called How Good Is Massimo? How good is he? Amazing. He's got a left leg that doesn't miss. Clean hands. 
He has a wonderful name that rolls off the tongue. He's Italian. What more could you ask for? What more could you ask for? I So this segment is actually designed every week we have to say one thing that we love about Massimo. And you know what I love about Massimo? I love that he got a corky and came back on and tried to help the team a little bit more. That's... It is, that's just great, isn't it? A man who, you know, he's putting up, he's putting the needs of the team before his own well-being. Mm. Sensational. And just like any good Italian, you know, he's a team-first player. Puts his head down and works hard. Works like, hard. Like when my grandparents got off the boat and your parents got off the boat and came here, you know, head down. It was down, the same boat, hard. by the way. Yep, that's, well, yep. Great point. <laughs> At the same time. But anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, my thing I love about him, uh, probably his name. Yep. Mm, mm, it is a nice name. It is a nice name. I'm going to go with number two because we missed it last week. Number two, when he picks up the ball behind him and does a little spin. Oh, uh, yeah. I was on, uh, I think it was on Papley, wasn't it? Yeah. He yeah. was some spud. Yeah, yeah. He's a spud, that bloke. But unfortunately, his career is done because as we know at Essendon, he's done a corky which will turn into an unrelated quad strain, which will then rule him out for the rest of his life. Don't you just love our high-performance medical staff? I love them. They're so good. They're so good. If if he was clever, he would say to the Essendon physios, don't touch me, mate. I need to go to Revive Physio in Altona North. Yep. Or he'll just go to his nonna's house for a nice bowl of pasta. Yep. That'll fix him right up. What do you reckon his favourite pasta is? Uh, I reckon he'd be a traditionalist. Yep. And he'd love his bolognese. Bolognese? Yep. I reckon he loves some veal tortellini. Okay. And well, fair enough. What, yeah. what makes you think he's a veal tortellini kind of guy? It's just his, his kicking action. Just that left foot, the way it swings, it kind of reminds me of tortellini. And then it's got that meaty punch into the ball. And you know with Tortellini, it always hits the right spot, just like he's kicking. That's a great point. You know, it does always hit the hit the right spot. You always feel satisfied after eating it. Mm. What more could you ask for? That's right. That's right. So, every week we need one more. We need one more. So, we've waffled on long enough, Nicky Noodle. How about we take a short break and then when we come back we can jump right into the game our likes our dislikes all of that nonsense so Nikki, I don't know how long it's been since we beat the Lions at the Gabba, but it's been a long, long time. Yeah, well, definitely a, a Lions team that's respectable. Mm, that's true, that's true. Yeah, they were, but we've we've been crap longer than they've been crap. Um, but yeah, it's been a very long time since we've got a win at the Gabba. And admittedly, okay, let's, let's kick it off with the first like. I like that we played during the day and didn't have to deal with that Brisbane humidity. It's a great point. It's clean, more Melbourne-like conditions. Mm. Makes it better for us. Yeah. So, And I think that was pretty evident with our skills throughout the afternoon. 
two meter Peter was able to clunk marks. Our kicking was better. Our efficiency by foot and by hand was much, much better. So uh, tick number one, you don't have to play wet weather football on a dry day. Great point. Great point. Mm. Have you got a like for me? Uh, Joe Caldwell. Oh, that's a big one. We could have led up to that one, but let's let's start with that now. All right. Um, Lockie Neal has pantsed us ever since he's been in Brisbane Colours. Yep. And we never send anyone to him, or if we do, they don't do a good job. And, and it's not just Lockie Neal, but this has been a history of Essendon for a number of years where players have just... They're particularly high-level midfielders have just had field days against us. And we were starting to get a little bit of tactic for that when we were putting Ambrose onto people like Fife and that sort of thing. Um, and we had uh, Dylan Clark do a really good job on Crips and that sort of thing. But for the most part, they want to back in our system and back in our players and not actually adjust tactically to the team that you're playing. Because for some reason, coaches think that they are the greatest and that no other player or no other team could possibly be better than their system. So let's back our system. Ridiculous. If you're coming cool. up after a good opponent, surely you need to adapt your tactics. And we did that on the weekend, don't you think? Uh, wholeheartedly. Mm. And not only that, is you brought up Dylan Clark and Ambrose, who weren't too good offensively, but were there as just a stopper. Mm-hmm. Whereas Caldwell has great skills, great user of the ball. He's given Neil a bath and then been a threat the other way. Yep. Yeah. He was our equal fourth high... No, equal third highest possession getter behind Merritt and Hind. So he had 26 possessions himself, 14 kicks, 12 handballs, four marks, and of course, a really, really important goal. Um, I don't know... I can't look up on these stats what his disposal efficiency was, but frankly, it doesn't matter because he... Gave Lockie Neal an absolute bathing. Um, Lockie Neal had half the possessions that he averages. And what did he, he kicked one goal, didn't he? Um, checking right no, now. No, one behind. Yeah, I, I didn't even notice him for the whole day, to be honest. No, nah, he went missing. And, you know, in, in Caldwell, in Lockie Neal's defense, you know, Brisbane didn't have a lot of support there. But he's a Brownlow medalist. Um, and... Anyone can have a bad day, but I think Caldwell just played the game of his life. That's, for me, as a complete package, that's the best game of his career. Certainly the best game he's played at Essendon. Oh, 100%. And I'm just looking at the stats here. He went at 73% disposal efficiency. Yeah. So 19 effective. Yeah, which is incredibly high. So um, really, really happy with Jai Caldwell's game. And apparently um, he had a look at our... Don Father Insta today. Yes, according to your sister. Yeah. We're getting a few people to look at our Insta. Yeah, which is nice. Shout out nice. to Massimo's parents. Lovely people. Do they do they watch our Insta? Uh, they have seen a few of our... I think ones that are centered around Massimo. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, do you reckon they listen to the pod? Who knows? If they they are, should hope, send us a DM so. if they're listening to the pod. Uh, hope so. Maybe we can get them on as a guest. <laughs> they got a little Donfather clan over there. Anyway, unimportant, unimportant. Um, I don't use Insta, so I don't see all that stuff. I just get the screen grabs that Danny sends us. Yeah, fair enough. I do, so, yeah. Mm. 
So, no, really, really good effort. I... Look, if he doesn't have the game that he has and take Caldwell and take Lockie Neal out of the game, then I think Brisbane win that game. Oh yeah, hands down they do. It happened in round two or three when we played them. We pants them in the first quarter. Neal got off the leash. We lost by twenty. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's just good to finally see a star midfielder struggle against us. Yeah. Yeah. Struggle against Mr. Caldwell, Rocky the Italian Dabola. stallion. So, I've got another like for you, Nicky Noodle. Oh. I love COVID. And I, I love like health that. and I love health and safety protocols. And I love Brisbane having to make nine changes. So, look, more than half were COVID changes. Um, and I'm being a bit facetious. I don't really love COVID. Um... But four of them were genuine injuries, genuine soft tissue mismanagement injuries. So I have no sympathy for Brisbane. You know what? No one has sympathy for us in the first half of the year when we were missing, you know, 10 of our best players. So suck it. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Mm. They're, they're supposed to be a premiership contender. They should bat pretty deeply. We've been rubbish all year. I would think if you're a top four team, even missing that many players... You should... Well, they were quite competitive, but they should have got over the line. Yeah, they... The big ones missing are probably Zorko, Rich, and Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they still have Danaher, Hipgood, and probably McStay missing as well. Yeah. Neil, Charlie Cameron, Stasevich. Yep. Like, they still have some very big names in there. And they got firepower. They didn't really miss anyone from their... Oh, McStay was missing from the forward line. But... That's sort of... Hipwood, McStay, and Danaher is almost too tall. So uh, yeah, I'd agree. They should have... Their forward line power was, was there. They should have been able to kick a bigger score than they did. Um, and their pressure was woeful all day. And they... It's, it's a hard game to judge for us. I actually don't think our performance was that good overall. Watching it without the um, intensity of, of really caring about the result, knowing that we'd won. Um... You know, our pressure was pretty low. I didn't see that kind of manic tackling pressure that we saw against St. Kilda, that we saw against the Swans and that sort of thing. But it didn't need to be because we got so much clean ball use and so much outside run and, and, you know, possession of the ball. So, yeah, it was a real... It's a tough game to analyse, if I'm honest. Yeah. We still had, you know, them bring it coast to coast at times. Mm. Even we sliced them up a bit, which was surprising. Mm. We don't usually do that, but it was good to see. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely really good to see. Have you got a like or a dislike, Nikki? Uh, another like would have to be seven-seater Peter. He clunked them from everywhere, didn't he? That being said, up until about the fifth minute of the third quarter, he would have been a dislike, especially after that that kick out of the, the air in the goal square when he's fully capable of just picking up that ball. Or grabbing it out of the air and just throwing it on his boot. He should have just grabbed it. Bang. He had he had enough time to catch it and just chuck it on the boot. You're, you're not missing from there if you're grabbing the ball. 100% you're not. But if you yeah. kick it out of the air while playing the wrong sport. Yeah, he tried tried to get a bit fancy. Tried to go for goal of the year. He, should he have just heard, gone for goal of the day. He heard Nani was coming to Melbourne Victory. So he thought he'd give Melbourne Victory his best, uh, his best little tryout. That's right. That's right. So he's um, I think he's fifth in the Coleman right now. 
Yeah, he just ticked over 40 goals for the year. Look, if he gets 50 for the year, I think you were saying this. That's a really good year. Yep. I don't remember the last time we had a player kick 50 goals. Danaher, 2017. There we go. Now I do. Five Um, years. That's five years, though. That's a significant amount of time. And what, he kicked 80 that year or something, or 78 or something? Oh, something. He kicked a lot. A lot of goals. Yeah. Which he hasn't really done at Brisbane, to be honest. No, he's just been a consistent goal scorer. I think last year he was the only player to kick a goal in every home and away game. Mm. Went goalless in the finals, though. Yeah. And then this year he'll, he'll bob up for a goal or two every every game. Yeah. So, look, and when you've got a, a strong forward line like Brisbane do, where Charlie Cameron can do something, McStay can do something, um, you've got Hipwood there as well. You probably don't need to be that focal point. It's it's one of the anomalies of football, isn't it, where the teams down the bottom tend to be the Coleman medal winners, typically, or a lot of the time, because that's their only focal point. Like, you see it with Ben Brown. You saw it with Carlton, with Harry Mackay. You used to see it with Favola. Um, Rewalt won a few when Richmond was struggling. Yeah, that's right. That's right. When when teams are poor, it's this little anomaly that they have one player that sort of kicks all their goals. Um, and you're not getting as much sharing of the football, that sort of thing. But having said that, one goal from a in a game when we had one defender over 195, he really should have monstered us yesterday. Him and, him and Hipgood should have both monstered us. They're both 200, lanky, yeah. athletic. Mm. Tallest bloke we have is Ridley. Mm. So, I thought Zerk's taller. Oh, no, they're the same. We, we talked about that last same. week. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Zerk just looks yeah. bigger than Ridley, though. He just looks taller. Mm. I think it's because Ridley just got that lank, mm. lanky look. Mm. So, and look, I was pretty happy with Laverde's job on him. Um, yeah. If if we're perfectly honest, for the for the amount of height that he's giving up for him, um, but he's got that athleticism to go with him. Mm. Speaking yeah, of good definitely. defenders, Jake Kelly had an outstanding day, given that he was dropped a couple of days before that. Yeah, very perplexing, isn't it? Seeing him go out after the game he had against Sydney. I. I honestly think it was a match-up thing yeah. that um, knowing that Zerk had a great game and potentially had three talls, all significantly taller than Kelly. And then you've got McGrath fit, who we've seen do really good shutdown jobs on small forwards. And he's got the pace to go with Cameron. So you've got McGrath in the team, Redmond at that stage in the team and Hind in the team, plus our boy Massimo. Um it, it makes sense from a team balance point of view. And I think it probably would have come across that way that, look, you're, there's no good matchup for you today. We've got better matchups. But he showed that put him in the team and give him a job like that and he can get it done. He was, I'm pretty sure we brought him in to watch small forwards because mm. we had an issue last year with small forwards. So mm. there have been times this year we've been telling him to play big and it's like, why are we doing that? But yeah, just shows yeah. that's why we brought him in. And uh, he performed. Mm. He's While a big boy, we're... though. He's, I think, the same size as Ambrose, right? He's like 190. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah. Solid boy. Anywho, while we're on the topic of defenders, mm. should also mention the Zerk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> In fact, not sure if it's Brandon Zerk Thatcher or Brandon Zerk Fletcher. <laughs> oh! <gasps> yeah, he... He's in some good form, Nicky Noodle. Um, we're, we're dishing out the puns today. 
That's what happens when you get two Nicks on the pod. Just good Nick, big Nick energy. Yeah, we're uh, we're recording in the Punder Dome, you could say. <laughs> yes, perfect, perfectly put, perfectly put. This is absolute pandemonium right now. Oh, mate, this, we are some of the punniest blokes to ever get on a podcast that you'll ever meet. You'll ever meet. Um, but Zerk, great performance. Really, really good performance. Um, I would go as far to say, and call me a fool if you think me so, I would go as far to say that I don't think we need to chase a key defender too hard this off-season. No. Nah. Uh, we still got, we got Zach Reed. You're playing Nick Cox back there. I think we're quite set yeah. in terms of, I... of key defensive stocks. I've been really happy with Zerk and his performances. We've got Reed, who will have another preseason touch. Touch wood, no one gets injured. We'll have Reed ready to go. I don't think it's worth spending the money. Bring and it, really, who's available that would be of quality? Um, the the only one that we've heard is Dodoro had a chat to Liam Jones, but you're not going to be offering him eight hundred thousand. He's going to be coming for three or four hundred. Um, and he's he's free. He's just going to sign him as a free agent. So even I, less. Yeah, maybe, maybe even less. Like, I'm not opposed to us signing him as a free agent to give us coverage or potentially push into the first team if he's if he's going to be better than Zerk. And but I don't think it's worth us spending big bucks on a Stephen May type player when we're better off spending that money elsewhere. I think our defense is is good. The problem has never been the quality of our defenders. It's always been the pressure up the ground. The way we set up our structures, mm. all that stuff. Yeah. And and I'm really pleased with Zerk's last couple of games since he's come in. And I can't see any reason why he gets dropped for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah, I agree. If he keeps playing like that, keep the man in. Uh, he deserves it. Yeah, it's good to he... see the penny finally dropped. Yeah, I think it's just development, right? It's not... I don't think... He... The, the site was always there and he always th- threw his body in and put it in places that was really quite dangerous. He was never, never like courage. I think he just needed time to develop, maybe to grow into his body, to get a bit more confidence. I'm not sure, but it was never like he was soft or would shirk the contest. He was always really hard at the ball, um, but he's just put his game together finally. Oh, it's great to see. We love How it. How old is this kid? Let's have a look. 23 or 24. Let's let's go see. Let's go teams, AFL, down to number 30, Zerk Fletcher. Uh, he's 23 years old. 195 and 89. He's definitely more than 89 kilos right now. Um, and then we go to Riddles. I think Riddles is 195 as well. Riddles is 195 and 93. I think they've got their stats mixed up. <laughs> Riddles There's is 89. No way. There is no way Ridley is 93 kilos. There's just no chance. Yeah, look. He, if anything, Ridley has more of a Fletcher f- f- frame than uh, the Zerk. I agree. I definitely agree. But what that means, with, with Zerk's development this year in the last three games, assuming he continues on this trajectory, then... That means Stuart plays forward next year. Yeah. So we play three talls, which will be Stuart, Wright, and Harry Jones. Um, 
three tall backs in Zerk, Ridley, and Laverde. Um, and I think that's our key pillars that are strong enough while players continue to develop, while Cox develops, while Baldwin develops, those sorts of players. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Even then, Stewart can just be depth for, for yeah, the final. Yeah, that's right. Line. I mean, our list is in a good spot if, if James Stewart's coming in as depth, um, either forward or back, you know? Dodoro does it again. He does. He does. So, I, no, I was really, I was really, really pleased with Zerk. He's one of the ones on the list that I really have a bit of a soft spot for. Um, mm. So, no, another great game. And look, I hope it continues for the rest of the season and onwards from there. Likewise. So, should we talk about Zachy Merritt? Yeah. I mean, it goes without saying how good he is. He amassed another 31 disposals, 16 kicks. What was his efficiency? Let me check... It was 77%, so 24 effective disposals. Mm, mm. He just keeps doing what he does, doesn't he? Only two clangers from the man. Mm. So, really, really pleased that, you know, after probably his best game for the year last game, with three goals and, and giving us a lot of drive forward, I just feel like they've got the midfield mix a little bit better. I mean, admittedly, someone has been out for several weeks, whether it's Parrish, whether it's Merritt, whether it's Shield or whatever, someone's always gone out and that's potentially helped the midfield mix. But I feel like Merritt and Shield are getting their balance correct. Dylan Shield's back to playing that explosive attacking football that we recruited him for. Um, Hobbsy is just going from strength to strength at the moment. Really happy with his development. Um, and McGrath playing down back has been much, much better for our balance in there. Yeah, definitely. I agree. It's probably Shield. It's probably the best month of football I've seen him put together. Probably while he's been at the club. Mm. Yeah. I I'd, think. Look, his first year around Anzac Day, that sort of month of football was really good. But I agree. This has probably been... And he, it's not like he's been racking up huge numbers, but I don't think he needs to. He's not... No. He's not the kind of player that needs to get 35 to change a game. He's a bit more dynamic than that. I'm happy with him getting 25 and kicking a goal or two a game. Well, he breaks lines. So, like, he's so quick that he doesn't need that quick one-two mm. to sort of get separation. Where, yeah. you know, a lot of players can sort of pump up their numbers a bit. He just sort of is so explosive that he just, just breaks a line. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is why and his disposals can be so so much more influential. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I've liked um, I've liked Hebel's move to the wing. I think he was very much getting exposed down back, and I think playing him on the wing potentially is going to extend his career by a year or two, um, because he just gets a bit more time and space. He's a good reader of the football. He can insert himself around the contest if he needs to, and use his hardness and use his big body. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm amazed it took them so long to make the change. Yeah, it is, it is a bit yeah perplexing. But with three wins from the last four weeks, so I'm happy they just made it. That's all I care about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want to bring the podcast down, but I'm very much not 
still very unsatisfied with this season. Um, oh, yeah, fair enough. I, I, you know, this is a story for another day, but this this season, for the most part, has been a disaster. And if we hadn't have draft, drafted another good Italian boy uh, in the middle of the year, oof, would there have been anything to get excited about? I don't think so. It's all about looking at the glass half full. Mm. Mm. Plenty of things to get excited about. It's... It's funny though, because watching, as I was saying before, watching the game not live and watching it back, um, we were still pretty sloppy in patches. Our pressure was low in patches and we still allowed quite a lot of end-to-end transition, which is, I think, going to hurt us um, unless we really... Against a, a Brisbane team depleted like that, if we want to be a really good football team, we should have won that comfortably. Like, it should have been a 4-5 or five goal win. We, not saying that we should have smashed them, but we never got out of sort of third or fourth gear. And those sorts of wins when you're a good football team are four or five goal wins. Mm. Well, yeah, the reality is we're just not a good football team yet. Yeah. And so you just got to take wins how, however you can get them. But... Mm. And like I've been saying this all year, but we're still a very young, inexperienced team. Like every week, we put out one of the youngest teams, one of the most inexperienced teams, and we shouldn't be expecting, you know, a full four quarter professional effort. We get that right now from your merits and your shields. We've been around, you know, for ten years, hmm. and they're seasoned veterans. But like, you still got a lot of young kids. Like Ambrosio floated in and out of this game as good as he is. Um, Harry he Jones. Only, I think you misunderstand D'Ambrosio. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he is the ultimate energy conserver. He only does what he needs to. He saw the game was stitched up, and he's like, "My job's done here. I'm going to get a corky, and I'm going to rest for the rest of the game." Smart footballer, that man. Very smart. Very smart, smart footballer with a booming left leg. Yeah. But I do know what you're saying. We've got the seasoned professionals that, that know how to not fade in and out of a game. Uh, we've got a number of players still gaining fitness. Snelling, Langford, Stringer, still recovering from their long layoffs. Um, so, I yeah, I do understand that inconsistency in that combined sort of lack of effort. Not lack of effort, but lack of intensity around the ball. Um, but that... That needs to improve. It needs to come and it needs to change um, because we've been so bad for so long. Um, this this needs to become the standard that we that we bring every week. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I agree. And but it'll come. We just ah uh, got to preach, pre- keep preaching patience, which mm. I know is painful as an Essendon fan, but. Mm. It will come. Mm. So, Nikki. So, Nikki. Has hell frozen over? Did you see any flying pigs today? Uh, I did not. I did not. Well, for the first time in a long time, boy, oh boy, did we get the rub of the green on the weekend. Yeah, and uh, it was pretty good. 
pretty good to sit back and go, yep, the umpires are on our side for once. There was so many soft chopping the arms. That was a mark when he didn't mark it. Free kicks in front of goal. Ducking at one end, not getting paid. Coming down the other end to Guelphie, getting paid. It was... It was... I was sad that I didn't get to see that live. It would have been nice. And we got it interstate as well. That's the most perplexing thing. This is what I don't understand. <laughs> it... um. Look, I don't think it determined the result. And I don't think... It was such a bleh game. I don't think it even really changed momentum. Even the Guelphy one right at the end that sealed the win, that ball was camped in our forward line. I think even if we don't get the free kick there, they don't get it end-to-end quick enough with all their players in our forward line to score, if you know what I mean. Um, But it was... Yeah, it was just nice. It was just nice to have... Some soft calls go our way. Some perplexing calls go our way. Some ruck-free kicks go our way. Um, it was a good one. It'll probably not happen for another 10 years, but it was there. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no complaints here. It was great. I love it. How good's football? Football is the best. So before we kind of wrap up this segment, have you got any dislikes for us? Two meter Peter's first half. Oh, it was pretty poor, wasn't it? And that kick out of the goal square, which has already been mentioned. We don't need to go on it about it again, but... Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, I got a dislike for you. I just don't like our white shorts. Why is when that? You, when you're playing a team that was maroon, I feel like we should have had black shorts because Brisbane had quite a bit of white on their jumper as well. It was just a bit like... A bit jarring. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. I found it a bit. A bit I odd. see. I love what I love white shorts. I like the uh, tradition of the white shorts, right? Um, but I feel like we probably should have red shorts for those sorts of situations. I wouldn't mind red shorts either. They look pretty good. Mm, mm. But we're one of the only clubs that traditionally still wears the white shorts when they're away, right? A lot of clubs don't do it anymore. Mm. Geelong does it. And Sydney have a kind of mostly white away kit. Um, so they have white shorts with their mostly white jumper. Um, it depends but... what jumper they run out in, though. If they run mm. out in the one that's red on the back, mm. uh, then they they still wear red shorts, even if they're away. Yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting one. I just found it, yesterday, for some reason, I just found it jarring. Maybe I was, it was just late and my eyes were tired and I don't have the <laughs> best vision at the best of times. Um, well, it had been a big day, you know. Yeah, probably could be Result. a good umpire. Um, but yeah, so that that was one. Um, I actually didn't mind Brisbane's jumper. They're all maroon jumper. Look quite nice. I like the colour. Um, not that I would normally comment on how much I like the opposition's jumper, but I thought that was nice for some bizarre but, yeah, reason. Yeah, I'd prefer them to go back to their old maroon, maroon and blue mm. jumpers of the Fitzroy. Well, you were a Roy boy for a little while. Yeah, I played played a bit of junior footy there. Mm. Great club, great colours. Mm, mm. No, it was quite nice. It was very nice. Well, we're uh, waffling on a little bit here. You got any final thoughts on the game? Uh, final thoughts. Overall, great to get the win. Great to beat Brisbane, who, despite what some people say, was 
half a VFL side, even though they still had six of their best eight players in the side. Went up there, got it done. Langers looks like he's finally settled back in. Just just a great day to be an Essendon supporter. Mm, mm. And as my uh, great mate Vin Diesel says, doesn't matter if it's an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. So let's take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, we'll look forward so Nicky Noodle, can we conquer all of Southeast Queensland in a two-week period? Gold Coast Suns, 4.40pm, Marvel Stadium, Sunday the 17th of July. We can do it. We can definitely do it. Just depends which Essendon team rocks up. Yeah, yeah. Gold Coast will be up and about after an incredible finish to their game uh, last week against the Tigers, kicking, what, the last seven goals or something, including one after the siren? Something like that. Something like like 40 points and they won. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. I don't remember a time in my life that Essendon has won a game with a kick after the siren. Um, There was the Carlton game in 2020 when Townsend had it touched on the line, but that is the only one that I can remember. I can remember us winning games because the opposition has missed after the siren, but um, that's got to be one of the best feelings in football, winning after the siren. Oh, definitely. Even with the Townsend one, the game hadn't even finished. There would have been like 10 seconds left by the time he kicked it. So it wasn't even Oh, really? I thought the siren had gone. No. Interesting. Interesting. Do you remember one? No. You've been around a lot longer than I have, so... Yeah, but I'm old now. You've got a good memory. My whole life has just been a mediocre Essendon who hasn't achieved anything. (laughs) Mediocre Essendon, and as a kid, it was... Um, um, you know when Sydney played Geelong... In 1996, um, who won that game? I don't know, Nikki. Ask the internet. As oh. if I have some kind of encyclopedic knowledge of all football of all time. Well, whenever you spoke about football at that age, it felt like you were the encyclopedia of football knowledge. So, And, and nothing's changed. You can't fault young me for asking the question. For uh, Yeah, seeing, seeing what happened and when. Yep. Um, but yes, it's, uh, I don't, I certainly don't remember a time when Essendon's kicked it after the siren to win the game. No, I can't think of any. So what do you reckon? How, how does this game play out? Let's, uh, let's bring out up Gold Coast lineup from last week. Um, there, I don't watch really any Gold Coast at all, to be honest. So I, I can't really tell you about their players. Yeah, Um, that that, uh, that makes two of us. Let's go to the Noah Anderson is a gun. He's going to be a superstar. Mobia Troll's having a good year. He, him, and Bailey Fritch are the only two players in the comp who have kicked at least one goal in every game this year. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Took Miller. He's a gun. Mm. 
Brendan Ellis, serviceable. Yeah. Knowing Ellis, Matt Rail will have his breakout game. Mm, no, we've got Jai Caldwell now. Okay, fair enough. He's a big unit though, Matt Rail, isn't he? He's just a meatball. Just yeah, he's just tough, strong. Tough little ranger. Yeah. They don't make you got to like be tough anymore. when you're a ranger. Yeah. Yeah. Cameron Ling. It's look. I think th- we've always known they've had talent on the list. It's just they've had a really poor culture, um, and they haven't played or been coached to a good system. And it seems to be turning uh, at the moment at Gold Coast. Um, I don't think they're playing great football by any stretch of the imagination, but they're winning games, right? They mm-hmm. they're winning close ones. They're winning against teams that are around them on the ladder and by virtue of that they're getting the job done let's see um, they've got a very healthy percentage so mm. it's better than St Kilda and St Kilda are a game ahead of them so and Collingwood's percentage and usually percentage is a good indicator of where your team is at that's right that's right so they've beaten West Coast uh, they then lost to Melbourne and the Giants they beat Carlton uh, up there, uh, lost to St Kilda, lost to the Lions, lost to Collingwood, beat Sydney, uh, beat Frio, lost to the Bulldogs, beat Hawthorne, beat North, beat Adelaide, lost to the Power, lost to the Pies, beat Richmond. Look, they haven't beaten much. Sydney and Frio are pretty big scalps, though. Yeah. Especially Frio. Yeah, I agree. Frio and Sydney... Well, we beat Sydney, so I'm not sure that that is as good a scalp as you could think. The Frio Uh, one's impressive, though. I stand by that one. Yeah, beating Frio is impressive by six goals. Um, Maybe they've been the beneficiary of a softer draw, given where they finished last year. Well, they've played Collingwood twice, and they've lost both times, so Mm. I don't know if that softer draw even works in their favour. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, they've got the Eagles again. They've got Hawthorne again. Um, and they have North again. So, um, yeah, they're just hard to read. I don't watch them enough. I, You know, they're typically in the graveyard slots because they don't have any fans and no one really cares about them. Um, yep. And they're probably less relevant than North Melbourne at this stage. Yeah, um, there's no Gary Ablett anymore. So even like back in the day, you turn it on and you'd watch Gary Ablett have 50 touches and kick yeah. three. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, oh my God. Mm. But now it's like, ah, don't care. Yeah, I actually think this is a relatively even game, to be honest. Um, I think we're probably in a similar vein of form to them. Um, and it being in Melbourne at Marvel Stadium maybe plays into our favour a little bit. It's it's going to be interesting to see who we lose during the week to a soft tissue injury at training because that is tradition at the Essendon Football Club. Um, but it's actually, I think, it's going to be a good game from level of experience and body maturity point of view. Um, I think we're relatively well matched with them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm trying to think up forward... Chol, Day, we've got Lav, Zerk. Uh, they might have another third tall. Down Boot back. Casbolt. Casbolt. Yeah. 
They might I, stretch us a little bit, but I think probably Laverde to Chol. I yep. think probably Zerk goes to Day and Ridley goes to Casbolt. Yep. Um, and then oh, I just don't know much, much about their defenders. I'd say if Cali, it depends on Redmond. If Redmond's up, mm. it depends on the balance because I'd be playing Cali on Redmond. Uh, sorry, Rankin. Yep. Every day of the Rankin week. Rankin didn't play. Um. This week, he was injured. I'm not sure what he missed for. Otherwise, send Cali... Well, Ainsworth, he might have been playing more on ball this week, Ainsworth, but he's usually yeah. been a small forward. Yep. Uh, uh, Rankin went out with COVID. Okay. Um, so, he should be back this week. Yeah. Well, I reckon it's tough. COVID knocks it out of you. I don't I don't think Redmond's going to get up for the game. It, it, yeah, it depends how bad you have it. Yeah. Because I, when I caught it, I had a cough for a day... I was fine. Felt it. Maybe I went for a run a few days later and then I was back to normal. But I know my brother, Matty, got absolutely rocked for four days mm. and hated it. So I, I wasn't that sick when I had it, but I noticed that I was less fit for a number of weeks at the gym after that. Like I felt tired and, and puffed a bit more. So yeah, it is. I guess it's it's random to wait and see, but I'd probably be giving Redmond another week off. Fair enough. I think like most weeks, it's going to be won and lost in the midfield. Um, I think we can probably get on top of their ruck situation. with If we keep Phillips and Draper, I think perhaps we can get on top in the middle there. Hopefully, it's a freezing cold day, so they'll be uncomfortable uh, in the Melbourne weather. But at <laughs> least it'll be to under it. the roof. So we know it'll be, it'll be not dewy and wet. Yeah, it'll be dry. Might be a little cold for them, but they'll live... Mm, mm. Um, but I'm I'm going into this expecting a loss because I'm feeling more confident about a win. Such if is the Essendon sense. way. Yep. Such is the way of the bomber. That uh, when we're starting to get some form, we tend to get a, a pretty poor loss. Yeah. Well, we lost the West Coast two three weeks ago. Yeah. Do you know? Looking at that game in context of this last four weeks. If we'd kick straight, we'd probably win that comfortably. Um, so I think it's been quite a solid four weeks of form for us. Um, it hasn't been perfect, but I think if we bring our effort, a similar effort to what we had against Sydney and St Kilda, I think we probably win this game, especially with a immature group like the Gold Coast having a, a huge win like they had, that big high. It might be hard for them to back that up again the next week. Yeah, fingers crossed that happens. Mm. Even though we've also just had a big win. Yeah, not quite in the same context. Yeah, not though. after the siren. Like, oh, it doesn't get much better than this. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think it's going to come down to the midfield battle. Um, I don't know that we've got anyone for Caldwell to try and cut out of the game again. Um, but in terms of changes, who do you see coming in? Who does, assuming Redmond's fit, who does he come in for? It just depends how they want to go down back. But it'd be probably, Kelly would probably go out, unfortunately. But I don't know. It depends whether they want to play McGrath as an on-baller rotation or now down back again. I would like to leave him down back. He just has a bit more flair down back and he looks a bit more comfortable. 
I unfortunately think that our boy Massimo Massimo uh, won't get up for the game. Not with a corky like he had. Um, it was a little bit of a cloud over Sam Durham. So I think probably if Massimo doesn't get up, then Redmond comes in, assuming he's fit. Um, but I don't know that we've got any other changes to make. I think everyone else on our list is is a few weeks away from from making a return. Yep. Uh, let's have a look here. Latest injury and performance updates. Oh, Perkins. Perkins might be in. True. Well, I don't Durham's, know. Well, we didn't have a VFL Durham, game on the weekend, so a cloud. I'm not sure. Surely Durham for Perkins or something like that. Yeah. Um, although Durham's been in good form. Yeah, I'm saying if he's injured. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if he's injured, oh, then we bring in... Leave, bring leave in. Durham in. The Prince of Portsea, the saviour of Essendon, Archie Perkins. The Perkinator. Yeah, so... Um, look, we're... We're seeing some good signs towards the end of the year. Very disappointed that we haven't seen them earlier in the year and that we once again started the season like pus. I'm a bit concerned that we're going to win too many games in the back half of the season, Nikki. And then we get a low pick, a high pick, low pick, mm. lower mm. pick. We're um, we're one win away from thirteenth. We're actually equal thirteenth right now. Um, but luckily our percentage is so poor that we sit 16th. Um, and three more wins gets us to 12th. And this is bad for two reasons. One, our draft pick gets later and later. And if we jump into 12th, it means that we will be in the bracket for next season's draw, currently with Collingwood, Sydney, Richmond, St Kilda, Bulldogs, and the Suns, which is significantly tougher than being in the draw currently with the Giants, Hawthorne, Adelaide, West Coast, and North Melbourne. So it's a double loss winning too many more games. So if we have a look at the season ahead, the season remaining for us, I would hope that we win no more than three. And I'll give you the ones. I want to win against Collingwood. I want to win against North Melbourne, because I hate them. And I want to win against Richmond. I will happily lose to Port Adelaide, GWS, and the Gold Coast Suns, if it means we don't climb any higher on the ladder, get a better pick, and a better draw. Because, really, who cares if we lose to the Suns? We're not making finals anyway. Who cares if we lose <laughs> to the Giants? Neither of those teams have fans. We're not making finals You anyway. say that now, but we'll be sat here this time next week and you'll be cracking the absolute shits that we have just lost to Gold Coast after another nah. insipid performance. Not this... Nah, performance is different. Performance is different to result. If it's insipid, it has to be called out for being insipid. But, you know, at this stage of the year, when they've already wasted the season, I'd much rather finish lower and get the benefits of finishing lower. When we've already sat through three months of shit, right? Four months of shit. Yep. You might as well make it worthwhile. I am a bit different. I just hope the teams above us keep winning. 
therefore we can win as many games as we want and still, and still keep our spot. End. Yep. Well, that's true. Yeah, North's below us. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Maybe that's a better, more optimistic view. It's definitely one the AFL would frown upon because your tactic involves tanking. It does. It does. So let's have a look. Just indulge me for one moment. Richmond is on 36 points, which is 16 ahead of us. That's four games. There's five games left, Nikki. Mm. If we win all five, could we sneak into the eight? Yep, of course we could. Get on the Let's... ladder predictor. I want to look at the ladder right now. What are we? We're five and eleven. Mm. So We'd have us... to go eleven eleven to make finals. Yep. Even then, I think yeah. If we are eleven eleven, then that's the same win loss record as last year. It is. It is, and the same almost the as draw, year before. I would think. Yeah. So. Anyway, we're waffling on. We're waffling on. Uh, hopefully, we get a win against the Suns and a good performance, and we get to enjoy going to Marvel Stadium. Let's hope that the game's more enjoyable than Thor Love and Thunder, which was terrible, by the way. Um, but we'll be back next week with all the analysis, our likes, our dislikes. Uh, what do we love about Massimo? All your favourite segments will be here. Where can people find us, Nikki? Spotify, Apple, uh, Podbean, and Instagram. At the Donfather Pod. Well, thanks for joining me, Nikki Noodle. Always a pleasure, never a chore when I'm here with you. Excellent, excellent. And until next time, go Dons. <laughs>